When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Score North and scorenorth.com. I didn't do a ton on the, the quarterbacks at the time, but having really gone back and watched him and, and seen him in college, what he was exposed to, what he was asked to do offensively, you know, what they put on his plate to handle from the quarterback position, uh, it's really transferred to where he's at right now. I think he's done a, uh, a really good job as a young player, kind of absorbing a new offense. We're putting in an offense for. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and, and, and our whole group of 11 that we put out there, all 11, it takes every single one of them. But we're asking those guys behind there, they're not on a different install program. They're not on a different scale where they can kind of slowly absorb this. We have hit the gas uh, with our entire football team. Yes, there he is. You either keep up or you get lost at the end of this training camp, this installation period, this new KOC offense at Camp KOC this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And the show is presented by our friends at TCL, which makes not only great award-winning TVs, which you can find at any major local retailer, uh, they also have redefined creativity with the TCL 35G smartphone. Enjoy blazing fast 5G speed, an AI-powered 50-megapixel triple camera system, Football. Yeah. Ultra realistic, true to life visuals powered by Next Vision and booming sound from the dual speakers. Learn more at TCL.com. So that was kind of interesting. He basically said, Kevin O'Connell there, that yeah, well, we're, we're really we're doing this for Kirk Cousins and the, and the ones, but everyone else has to keep up too. You don't get to sort of go through the installation process as a backup on a different speed or install something different. So. Right. But that's that kind of jives with what you've been observing, which is the threes aren't getting a lot of run at camp. The twos are getting some run, but this is really about hey, the ones. This is this is the camp for the ones to to learn this new offense and the new defense. This is about one thing. September eleventh, Green Bay Packers, U.S. Bank Stadium, three fifteen, I believe, kickoff. Being prepared for that game. Yeah, being prepared for that game. And what makes it a little more difficult is much more limited time than. 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have as much time to get get set. Yeah. Well, let's start with, so every week we go through a couple different times and uh, we pull comments from you guys, from the YouTube channel, from the Score North app, which is a central hub for everything we do here on Purple Daily Score North, all the videos, all the podcasts, Judd's written work, and there's a feedback tab at the bottom. You can you can always send us stuff throughout the week. And uh, we've we've talked a lot about the offensive line throughout the week. Let's let's 
lead the show with this. Like that's you've you've raised some really interesting points and potential red flags that we already kind of knew about with the center position, but let's start with this one from John Robertson. John Robertson says via the Score North app, Chris Reed is set now to become the Viking starting center. He's predicting. Reed has been taking second team reps at center to, to get used to playing center, as Judd has reported all week. Um, uh, Harrison Phillips has been manhandling Bradbury, and his time at the starting center position has come to an end. Vikings starting offensive line week one will be Derisaw, Cleveland, Reed, Jesse Davis, and Brian O'Neill. What are your thoughts? Do you th- do you think this is where we're headed, Judd? All right, we're only two padded practices in. So what I've seen so far from Garrett has not been assuring at all. Um, I cannot pro- I cannot predict that we are headed there yet. But that being said, I also wonder if it if Garrett Bradbury is going to prove that he cannot do the job here and that like in week one he is not going to start. Is Chris Reed the guy, or do they search elsewhere, sign a guy, bring mm-hmm. a, a guy in within, I don't know, the next two weeks? Um, because this is this has the ability to undermine a lot of what they want to do offensively if Garrett is not substantially improved and cannot hold his own in pass protection. So do I think Garrett Bradbury, if he continues on this track, is in trouble as far as the starting job goes? 100%. Absolutely. Am I willing to predict it's going to be Chris Reed yet? No, but okay. I think they will begin to explore their options. Boy, I think the I think the fact that they've moved Chris Reed to center this early in camp, it means one of two things. It means they're panicking about Bradbury, yeah. which I think is the most likely thing. Yes. Or it means they went into camp with a plan to get Reed some guard work and some center work, and this is just a scheduled change with the twos that they had planned in advance that, hey, let's get him like a week, week and a half at guard because that's the position that he's probably primarily competing for. But then at a certain point, whether Bradbury's playing well or not, let's make sure that he starts to get comfortable at center as well. So so let me ask you that. Do you think it's more of a reaction to Bradbury that he moved to center, Reed, with the second team? Or do you think it's more of a, well, we had it planned all along that he was going to mix in at all three of the interior offensive line spots? It seems like a very big coincidence that after the first padded practice in which Garrett got his ass kicked, that Reed was moved the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, I see where you're going. And if Garrett was okay and Reed then shifted, I'd, I'd be like, oh, okay, this makes perfect sense. But, you know, to have a padded practice at which Harrison Phillips, who I think we all agree is going to be an upgrade, and I think he's going to be good. But, I mean, here's the thing to keep in mind, too, and why I think that there is probably justified panic at this point. You are playing against the Packers and Kenny Clark in Week 1. According to PFF, Kenny Clark is one of the best um interior rushers against centers in the National Football League. It's a division game. It's O'Connell's first game. It's Kirk's first game in the offense. Do you really want... I mean, Harrison Phillips is a nice player. Kenny Clark is a really good player. He's one of the best at what he he does. Um, You cannot dismiss that. And I think what they saw on Monday scared them, and it should have. 
Because yeah. it's a continuation. That's the thing about this entire conversation. You know, for all sports fans say, small sample size, small sample size. This is a large sample size of a continuing problem. And do you really want in week one, um, you know, Jefferson plays great. Thielen's great. The tackles are great. The guards are okay. And the excuse is the Vikings lost because uh, Garrett Bradbury again. It's probably the thing that I'm the most interested in at this point is what, what what's happening behind Bradbury. How is Bradbury performing? What's their plan internally? Do they have any ideas to go get someone that's not on the roster right now? So it's, it's the thing that I am the most curious to, to hear and read from Judd's camp notes as we go forward here. Yeah, it's a great – I mean, it is – I think with a team that I didn't necessarily fundamentally agree with the moves that they did make or didn't make – uh, but I got most of, of them because they do think that they can be extremely competitive in a playoff team. Um, and we, we talked about this. The one, th- the major thing that surprised me was this spot. Yeah. Like I really thought that they would, if nothing else, bring in a veteran to compete. And, and Reed's a veteran, but again, he, he's a, a guy that they, you know, he's an interior swing guy. Um, I was really surprised that they didn't make more of a move to bring in somebody to push Bradbury. So if he did get his butt kicked, there would be a quick option to say, okay, here's here's the bailout plan, and we're pretty confident that this one's going to work. All right, Sean Nias via the Scornerth app says, are weeks 10 through 12 the Vikings' amen corner of the season? That's <laughs> a little Masters reference mm-hmm. right there. Well, so they get, the, they get the Bills... And that game is in Buffalo, and then they come home against the Cowboys, and then a short week Thanksgiving game against the Patriots. Is that the hardest three game stretch on the schedule? Probably. Early in the season, Green Bay, Philadelphia, Detroit, you know, New Orleans, Chicago, Miami. I think the travel gets weird in the first month just because of that London game, and then there's no buy. Right. Then you get in it. I think the, the Arizona Washington Buffalo stretch with two road games at Washington at Buffalo could be tough. But yeah, I mean at Buffalo, home against which should be a, a a playoff caliber Dallas team, and then short week against Bill Belichick and that Patriots roster. That probably is the toughest three game stretch on the schedule. Yeah, going, all due respect to the Jets and uh, Lions corner yeah. there in December. Yeah, go, going to Buffalo's I think going to be tough, and I I think that probably is going to be their their toughest stretch we always fall victim to this so like I, i'm sure there's going to be some also like some trap games on the schedule i know we were kind of crapping on the miami dolphins in our four question friday episode but like there's going to be a game here that they should easily win on the road that they just lose right like it, it always happens on, on their schedule actually when it plays out but the buffalo game the arizona game yeah i would probably say that is going to be their toughest three game stretch that is on their schedule mm-hmm. i would say this i think that in examining that, that stretch, the Patriots game is tough because it's a Thursday game and weird things like it's not the Patriots will be prepared, but that's such a short time mm-hmm. that, you know, that they, they could have guys hurt. So the Patriots game, I don't know exactly what to make of that. I think this team, the Vikings, should beat the Cardinals. Do the Vikings uh, players and not not eat turkey on on the Thanksgiving day to not like get the you know what what is the symptom where if you eat turkey it makes you sleepy on Thanksgiving? Tryptophan. Tryptophan. Yep, Wonder if they got to stay away from the tryptophan if it's a night. Well, a you night don't game. eat. Yeah, you, you you fast. I think you fast in the morning. Maybe mm-hmm. get a little snack early afternoon, and then you pig out at like ten o'clock after the game. Oh, it sounds great. I Depends on position, thing. right? Yeah, I'd say the linemen. The linemen will will get. We'll have their something. Meal. 
hearty. But <laughs> a morning. nap. You gotta you gotta mix in oh, a half hour window nap. for yeah. a nap for yeah. sure. But I mean, if I'm a big fat guy, give me all the stuff. Yeah. But yeah, but if if you're Je- uh, Jefferson Cook Thielen, you're probably just you know just some uh, a protein shake or something, some yeah. peas or carrots or something very healthy. Ben Francis via the Scornorth app says, if all four NFC North head coaches were to fight in a WWE-style cage match, let's this call is, it Hell in a Cell. Okay? This is so easy. What would be the betting odds for each coach? So Dan Campbell, obviously the heavy favorite. Does Lafleur even make it out alive? So I've done a little tale of the tape here for you guys just to make this easier. You, you guys kind of rank these, and if you want to put odds on them, you're welcome to. So Dan Campbell, six foot five. Probably still still around 240, 230, 240, yep. maybe 230. He's, a, he's still a big dude. Looks He looks like he could still play. 46 years old. Kevin O'Connell is also 6'5", probably about 215. He's a thick guy, 210, 215. He's th- and he's not thick. I would disagree with that. He's, he's tall not. as hell. No, he is gangly. Is he gangly? Okay. He looks like but he's, he's probably two, He's probably 200 pounds, though. 6'5", 200 pounds. Oh, yeah, pounds. just by default, sure. Okay. But, I mean, his uh, ass would be kicked by Campbell. Well, he's nine years younger. He's 37 years old. I think Campbell might have some durability issues at 46. If you if he doesn't get you early, you might be able to wear him out, you know, Iron Man style. Look, I don't he, like O'Connell. Here's the thing, too, yeah. and, and Phil knows this very well from WWE. Every time Kane or the Big Show are involved in, like, a fatal four-way or an elimination chamber match, oh, my God, he's got to be the betting favorite, and they're the first ones pinned. They are the first ones out of the match. They never end up winning the match. I know what he means, like, tail the tape, you stack them all up. Yes, Dan Campbell should kick all of their arses. But if if we're going down the WWE path line, the big, strong, brawny guy that should absolutely smash everyone never wins the match. And the other three, so I'll go through the tail of the tape here. Matt Eberflus is the oldest. He's 52 years old. He's kind of gangly and nerdy looking. I don't know how he would do isolated in that match. And then Matt LaFleur is only 42, but, you know, not the biggest guy. But if those three guys kind of teamed up and said, we're going to eliminate Dan Campbell from this yep. match, I think they'd be able to do it. I don't think he'd be able to take him on one-on-three. Okay, so if it is if it is a stage match, you're probably right. If it's a real-life, like, no, no script, what do you, what do you fight mean? To, to the death, I'm going to tell you right now, Dan Campbell would kick their asses. It wouldn't even be close. Are you saying that the Hell in a Cell match I saw down in Miami yeah. at WrestleMania 10 years ago between The Undertaker and over, Triple man. H was they, staged? They admit, to it. They, staged. Admit, they admit to it now, which, I, by the way, I'm fine with. I have no problem with that. I think it's smart. I am covering but, a wrestling promo for this station next Wednesday, and you're going to you want me to tell those guys that it's fake, Judd? You want me to get in Chris Jericho's face and tell them, hey, Judd Zolga, yeah, I think Judd, you know, we, yeah, In fact, we should announce this to the Purple Daily audience. If you're a wrestling fan, on Mackie and Judd on Monday morning, on our not including Judd, because he disrespects wrestlers. So Declan and I are going to talk to Chris Jericho, AEW and former WWE superstar, on Monday nice. on the podcast feed and, nice. and the Scornorth YouTube channel. Yeah, we'll get you on, and you can, why don't you tell him that the, uh, the barbed wire death matches he's been wrestling over the past year, that that's fake I'm barbed wire. I'm not saying those guys don't get hurt. Slicing his skin up, okay? I'm saying Dan Campbell would, would it's actually still real to me, damn it. LaFleur on the barbed wire fence. By the I'm way, talking it's, about it's, it's still real to me, guy. Yeah, he's like used that as a brand now. He shows up to these like conventions. He's got a Twitter account and stuff. It's still real to me, guy. On Marlins Twitter, man. For sure. What happened to that guy? Still around. Okay, I think I he was at the All Star game. Seen him. Okay, still going to games, just not the Marlins anymore. Yeah. 
Uh, Frank Moyers via the Scornorth app says, you guys need a sports grandpa, someone like me who has seen all the Vikings legends actually play. Frank, it's you're always you're always it's Patrick. Welcome. Well, Pat's kind of our sports grandpa. He's yeah. sports grandpa. He he's Frank, you can be our sports great uncle. All right. Mm-hmm. Anytime you want to throw in your sports great uncle takes, you're welcome. Tom Hinkle, also fighting for the same title here uh, via the Scornorth app, says, how different training camp is today compared to the 70s and 80s. I used to attend training camps in the mid-70s in Mankato. I'm 58 years old, and it was so much more personable. There were no fences, no other obstructions. Many players would actually talk to you for minutes. Bill Brown and Dave Osborne were just unbelievable. They would sit in a cart outside the locker room before practice, just BS with the fans. Other Vikings who I encountered conversations with were Nate Wright, Bobby Bryant, Alan Page, Carl Eller. In the 90s, I was able to speak and take pictures with Terry Allen, Chris Dolman, I feel bad for the young people today who will not get the opportunity to get the experiences that I had. Yeah, it is It is a lot different now that they're not in Mankato anymore. Yeah, and I mean, you know, now they, they, they've got, um, after practice, ticketed autograph sessions, but they'll stick out slappy players who have no chance to make the team. It's not really a thrill. Uh, the one thing I will say is, is, yes, the fan experience is much worse. The player experience, though, if you go back... 40 years, keep in mind, a lot of coaches felt water was a sign of weakness. Yeah. So, like, like, <laughs> like I'm, I feel bad for fans, but there's been um, a lot of progress made in the science of what can be really bad for players, and yeah. that's not a bad thing. Like, we used to have a lot of drills and a lot of expectations that, uh, in retrospect now, were very unhealthy. I always found it hilarious, though, because, and I don't remember the 70s or the 80s, but just, like, in the 2000s even in Mankato, and these big 300-pound linemen would all be on these bicycles biking their way over to Gage Hall dorm room. That was awesome, yeah. And they would, they'd sleep in the dorms, and they'd just be biking around Mankato, and fans, so fans would be following these guys on the sidewalk with autographed, they'd assign my helmet or sign my yep. program, whatever it is. and That was cool. Yeah, I agree with just, you on that. Uh, just a different time. Okay, Bugsy Siegel via Twitter says, Big fan of you guys. I don't always agree, but that's what makes it fun. My question for you is, why do you guys insist on calling Kevin O'Connell KOC when the players, and it seems like everyone else, is calling him KO? Well, first of all, we don't fall in line with everyone else here, okay? This is original Vikings entertainment here. So we'll, we will call him whatever we want to call him. But is that true, or is everyone else just calling him KO? I think the players call him Kale. That's Kevin Owens. Okay. Yeah, Kevin I mean, Owens, I, I, I feel like, has a We do our own thing here. KOC. Kevin O'Connell. One, yeah. two, three. There's three components to his name because there's a little apostrophe between I always, the O and the C. I uh, wonder with Zim, when we say Zim and we spell it out, is it one M or is it two M's? I always wonder which one we do. And I feel like it's one mostly M. one, but there is Zim two M's in it. M. So why are we doing one M? Pretty because sure you're not saying the whole name, you're shortening but it off. So I, I guess, but you I'm, lop off a second saying. M. So he's Zim. spelling Z-I-M. takes from Declan. I've yeah. never thought of it Z I M M. But KOC's are, like that's what we have called him for yeah. short since he got the job. I, I think we should keep I'm calling him cha- KOC. I'm not changing now because some player decided it's KO. That's laziness. Yeah, or some other jabroni with a microphone or something. We are the jabronis with microphones that will determine what his nickname is. I love jabroni. That's a good one. Slappy's good. Jabroni's also very good. Pulford Skoll, our buddy down in Tennessee via the Scornorth app. 
He says, uh, yeah, Irv likely to come back week one. That poor dude can't stay healthy. Uh, also, Dalvin injured, so he's a little little down he's in the fine. dumps here. Uh, but happy, back. he's happy about Greg Joseph, et cetera. Side note, I was on patrol today. He's a, so a Pulford School is a police officer. I was on patrol today and at a gas station, and I walked in. And mind you, this is down in Tennessee. And this fella was wearing an Adam Thielen jersey. I was like, shut the front door. He said he was a Vikings fan but never grew up there. Told him I grew up 20 miles down the road from Adam, and our schools used to scrimmage each other every August before the season. Uh, I told you, I told this fella that he needs to start listening to Purple Daily and Score North, the best Vikings content around. Wow. My Vikings friends come to me when they have questions and are wanting to know something. I think I added a new fan to your club. Thank you, Pulford School. Pulford, you're the greatest. Spreading the gospel of Purple Daily. Very Can you imagine nice. a police officer walking up to you in a gas station and saying, "Hey, is that an Adam no. Thielen jersey?" No, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> put that your hand. Freak me out. <laughs> if you don't listen to Purple Daily, put your hand in the arrest. air. I want to see what that number is on that jersey. You have the right to remain silent. Uh, and then let's see here, uh, Robert Laguerre via the. Oh, we have a couple people here with ideas for either adding interceptions in to write that down. Okay. Or a QBR calculation. Okay. So, Robert Laguerre via the Scorner app says, here's an idea for interceptions. When someone makes a prediction directly against someone else's prediction, that would be an interception for whoever loses. So, Phil and Juggs had one about Booth Jr. You know, so, whoever gets it right would be a touchdown or, or a okay. completion, and the other one would be an interception. You could also include pass interference for failed interceptions. That No. <laughs> so much. No. No. Uh, Zach Levy via the Scornorth app. I love this, man. He sent me two emails and a spreadsheet calculation that he put together for QBR for write that down. I know you've mentioned you'd be interested to see how the QBR could be calculated, and I've listed that out in the the spreadsheet tab. One thing I would be interested to see is if you guys can get better QBRs than Kirk Cousins from either this year or last year. In the data of it, so he's using passer rating here, not QBR. They're two different things. But so Kirk had a 103.1 passer rating. And I'm looking at this spreadsheet. It's amazing. He's essentially, because you have to determine yards per attempt and completion percentage. So he's using five yards per completion for non touchdowns and 18 yards per completion for touchdowns so that you can kind of incentivize touchdowns more. And by his passer rating calculation, I have a 107.3 passer rating this season. Judd has a 102 passer rating. Declan has a 92 passer rating. And the listeners have an 86 passer rating. I would be down to just let... I think this is too much for us to mix in on a weekly basis. Yeah. But Zach, if you are consuming this episode, if you wanted to keep track of this on your own... We can't really pay you, <laughs> but it would be hilarious to see at the end of the year what, you know, what the, uh, or I can even send you, you know, once a quarter, I can send you the stats that we've compiled and then you can put them in your, use the official status edition yeah. of purple daily. Uh, <laughs> That's incredible. Purple, write that down. Wow. That's pretty badass. Yeah. So he's like, he's like mirrored it to the, you know, to what a passer rating would look like. And God bless him, man. The NFL. Thank you. Amazing. So yeah, Zach, dude, I think we're. I don't. I don't think we should add any more categories this year because no. here's the problem. Right. No, I agree. If we make it too complicated, 
then it just kind of alienates anyone who's new coming into the show. It's, it's so simple now for both uh, Mackey and Judd. Write right. that down in Purple Daily. It's two things. It's batting average and home runs. It's completion percentage and touchdowns. Yep. But if keep the ideas coming because if there's something we can add or if, if, if we can have like a sort of an official group of statisticians that are loyal listeners of the show and you guys want to – so we'll have our own sort of mainstream stats and then if you guys once in a while we can – What's my we, war? <laughs> I mean, it'd be hilarious. I want my war. Offensive Someone war, give, defensive war. Give me like, my war. Is it, is it balancing out? What's oh, my UZR? Amazing, man. Yeah, that's your course. Amazing. By the way, uh, this episode of Purple Dailies dive into the comment section presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated has been helping businesses for over 100 years. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, they are one of us, so to speak. And their corporate culture is grounded in integrity, integrity, uh, equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. These four cornerstones create the foundation that supports all interactions and decision making at Federated. Find out more about how they can help your business at FederatedInsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, you can always hit us up via the feedback tab on the Score North app. Also, uh, we're almost at ten thousand TikTok followers Hey-o. now, thanks to Judd's great videographer work. So if you're not on the talk, get more with this it. Weekend. More this weekend, more Justin Jefferson, more Lewis Seen, Kellen Mond. Big time. Yeah. Big time jugs over there, adding videographer to his uh, to his credentials. So, all right, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.